capabilities individually, we're thinking, we're reading, we're getting outside our comfort zones, we're stopping, we're reflecting on what got us somewhere. Um, and, and so when you try and take that and look at a team and how does a team build capability, uh, we really got to say, okay, as a team, let's stop and let's pause and let's reflect or let's read the same information at the same time. Let's get the same view on this. And then once we have the same view, we can operate in such a way that we can make improvements to get better. Podcast season three. We are happy to have with us today Adam Hoops. Adam Hoops. Adam Hoops. Adam Hoops. Welcome to the podcast. Adam, tell everybody about yourself. Thanks, John. Uh, Adam Hoots here, Construction Egg Solutions, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, the voice of the Lean Builder podcast. Uh, here recently just dropped that. Uh, so, been a builder for over 20 years, started at 17 as a plumber. I've had just about every position in a construction uh, on a construction team, and uh, yeah, just went out on my own. Super happy to be here. Met Jake, uh, read Jake's book. Love what y'all are doing. Uh, I just told you a little bit ago. I went on a, a quality podcast binge a few Sundays ago and was dying to get on here. So I'm happy to be here with you guys. That is oh, awesome. Uh, you're out doing this out on your own. Tell me a little bit about what message you're trying to get to the world. Oh man, there's uh so I think you, you guys probably see it similar in manufacturing and warehouse dist like distribution, but you know, folks make lean so difficult, so complex, and really it, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, when you look at it from a concept and strategy, it gets super hard to define. Uh, some people can look at tools and concepts and it becomes a little clearer, but a lot of people are leaving that people side out of uh, lean. And, and that's what really drives the tools, the processes. And so how do we kind of you know, make things 2020 vision and, and bring it all together. And so that's, that's really the point, right? I want to, I, I am helping people understand exactly what lean is, uh, the theories and concepts, but then actually applying them and giving them some practical application that that's what it's about to me and um, trying to drive the learning on a job and the team capabilities. See, I think that's awesome. And I like to use a metaphor um, that I think you'll appreciate, you know, lean business management is like football. I mean, you can read all the books you want. You can know all the theory you want. And you can be one of those guys on Monday morning that like throws X's and O's up on a board and, you know, shits all over Tom Brady. Um, if you don't play the game, you don't know football and you can't do it. I mean, yeah. you can't read a book and go coach a football team, right? The learning happens through the doing. And that's super true for lean, you know? know the theory, read the books or whatever, but come on, man, like that's the jumping off point, right? I love that and analogy so, so much. Um, I'll tell you when you're up at the line, right? And now you like action is happening and people are moving and like foaming at the mouth to hit you and like knock you and you got to like read the defense and is uh, Omaha, Omaha, right? Like red can't like we're changing the play at the line and we're getting what we can and yeah i love the analogy plus like the whole scoreboard side of this and how do we encourage you know the right behaviors yeah. oh man don't get me started mr thacker i i attack i attack people for using japanese terms in our industry but the football folks are even worse so <laughs> i'll just be napping over here for the rest of this till you guys are done with that segment 
I'm not a big well, Japanese so, word fan either, to your point, Jake. Uh, again, I think that's the part of that over complicating things, right? We, we got to yes. use words. So actually, our next analogy is going to be about Japanese football. Um, so, Jake, if you'd want to just go ahead and log off, um, I'll give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so I, I really appreciate that, Adam, and I don't mind fleshing this out a little bit, even though we've said it before. I'm going to get it out there in the atmosphere and, and uh, risk the wrath of all of the uh, lean Taliban out there. But uh, if you're using Japanese words in your lean implementation, you probably don't understand what lean is. Because mm. when you actually understand the Japanese words, they're speaking to people who speak Japanese. And what do the words mean? Like Gemba, the real place, the place where the work is done. Right. If you actually want to be lean in America, you don't say, let's go to Gemba and do a Kaizen. Right. You're like, let's go to where the work is done. So when someone's in the conference room, you know, with this long winded opinion of how to get better. Right. The response should be uh, interesting theory. Let's go to where the work is done. Let's go actually watch it. Right. I love how your impression is like a feminine British noble. <laughs> I was kind of going for Hugh Grant. How to, did, did I nail it? I think well, I yeah, that's, that's kind of like right it. where you landed, yeah. So he I, is a feminine I, British uh, nobility, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> we so I, I love what you're saying. Uh, I you know, in all due respect, I think you know, the Japanese word has a, a spot, right? If they've created this, and, and I I think part of what you're saying is maybe the context. Like, how can you really understand the context of culture? Um, yeah, you know, the fact that you know, we honor that these words came from the Japanese culture and. Uh, you know, I've never been to Japan. I'm looking forward to it this year. Um, I've, I've heard things from Charlie Dunn at DPR. He told me like, oh man, this visual management over there is unbelievable in the cities. And, and so, you know, again, we honor that, but you're right. Like if I went and talked about, let's go to the Gemba, the way you said it in construction, I get laughed out of the building. But if I'm like, guys, put your, put your damn hard hats on and let's go <laughs> level three building B, like this shit is jacked up. We need to go figure out who damaged the drywall blah, blah, like, and we need to just yeah. watch process. Like that's a whole different mentality, but means the same thing of let's go to where the value is being created. And so that, you yeah. know, that that's what I'm doing with coaches is like, Hey, we, we understand the Japanese word and we might drop it. So everybody understands it, but then we go and we live it and we productively learn what that means. Yeah. And I like the, you know, uh, recognition of the influence and impact that the Japanese culture has had on operational excellence, right, in business. Um, and, you know, when, when I'm talking to a specialist, then I use jargon, right? I mean, that's how you communicate crisply and effectively, right? You meet, you meet your uh, audience where they are, right? Yeah. Like if I'm a doctor, I might talk to another doctor about the medulla oblongata, right? But if I'm talking to my patient, you know, I'm not, well, the intracranial sulcus is exhibiting extended inflammation along the blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm gonna be like, me, Jake? <laughs> right? You know, instead I'm like, you know what? You got a concussion. Um, mm -hmm. take Your head pill, looks, me in the looks busted. Yeah, <laughs> like, just, you know, just narrow it down. Took a little knock there, um, and that is about respect for people as opposed to ego. And you know the the actual lean senseis that I've worked with in industries where you know it, it, it it's really serious, like automotive tier one that's how they talk to the team right like they talk to the team at the team's level because they're trying to empower the people doing the work and 
Great segue into our topic. For everybody out there in YouTube land, we apologize for the lengthy preface and introduction. Um, building team capability, right? And this whole convo about how you talk to the team is just fits right into that. So Adam, tell me a little bit about building team capability. Well, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big, so let's just go to uh, teaching people to think versus teaching people to test. Uh, I think that's such a critical thing that's missing from society that, you know, as we grow up and we're asking those questions, why, and we're inquisitive and we're just trying to figure out the world, you know, we, this natural act of discovery happens. But at some point when we go to school and we're taught to raise our hand when we want to speak or we're taught to study our spelling words and just regurgitate the information, I think there's a piece that's missing of, you know, yeah, I want you to know how to spell words, but what the hell does the word mean, right? Like, don't just, when you can understand it at a deeper level, uh, there's there's a bit of thinking that goes on. And, and so I, from a, you know, building, when we build capabilities individually, we're thinking, we're reading, we're getting outside our comfort zones, we're stopping, we're reflecting on what got us somewhere. Um, and, and so when you try and take that and look at a team and how does a team build capability, uh, we really got to say, okay, as a team, let's stop and let's pause and let's reflect or let's read the same information at the same time. Let's get the same view on this. And then once we have the same view, we can operate in such a way that we can make improvements to get better. And so um, it, it's, uh, you know, especially when, when you're in, a, in the construction industry where I come from and, you know, every year and a half or two years, you've got a new team that you're bringing together. This isn't like we're working with the same people for 10, 15, 20 years. It's, hey, I got a new intern, a new PE, a, a new superintendent, especially these days. Like, and so how do you as a leader on that team realize that and build the capabilities of a team and it's it's a whole different approach than just saying all right tell me when we're supposed to have a building dried in everybody that's the same as like how do you spell this word no it's how are we actually going to make it happen like let's all think as a team and then we can see as a group know as a group and then all act as a group and i think those that that's the key that's missing um at least from my perspective in, in really just society today. And so, you know, encouraging people to, again, pause and reflect, to get outside their comfort zones uh, and to be able to pull content from those who are closest to the work, or those are all critical steps in building team capabilities. Yeah, and I feel like I can't let you get away with saying uncomfort zone without making John tell the crack pipe story. <laughs> Just don't make me do the old Dwayne Johnson, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I can tell you have a passion for that. And you're involved in education locally, aren't you? Absolutely. I sit, uh, I sit on a board by the South Carolina Department of Commerce called RECAB. It's the Regional Education Center for Advisory Board. Um, we partner with folks uh, with the local school zones and help them build curriculum, help them understand, you know, the soft skills or power skills or you know those emotional kind of intelligence skills um we've got jay blankenship he's our leader there fantastic guy um i'm with a group called i sit on the board with sc career kids if y'all haven't heard of them holy cow i've got uh maybe i can send you a link in the show notes yeah um, can i yeah let's well, I can, check this out tell me how cool this is right so here we are can y'all hear it or no I can hear it. Uh, we got some spotty audio. It's fine. 
So look, there's the firefighter. Mike Sonnefeld. I'm the fire chief at the Irmo Fire District. Right. I've been the fire chief here for. And this years. is like the first round of it. And you're. The success at my job is what's underneath me. Uh, seeing that we're keeping the community safe. And so we're trying to go through and like, hey, in this COVID friendly day, how do we actually, you know, show kids what careers look like and you can have a conversation with the firefighter and you can go out onto a construction site. And, you know, these are questions that kids can be relevant to. So um, we're getting local businesses to sponsor career kids. We're wanting to get this thing out to the different, um, you know, the school system here in South Carolina. We're wanting folks to really take that extra step. Um, I'm, I'm trying to buy me some time because you hop back in and you get back in the van and then you go through the town and there's a veterinarian and there's a, uh, an optometrist and there's uh... Yeah, so for all the people that are out there audio only, um, Adam's showing us the website for Career Kids and it's kind of cool, like an interactive, um, it's actual video, so you're like, riding along with think like Google Street View car. And then as you pass like a firehouse, you can click on it and sort of get a little speech from like a firefighter, you know, so it's kind of like career days virtually. Uh, really cool. That's exactly, that's exactly it. Um, and so I'll, I'll pull it off, but maybe I'll drop the link to you and, and you can put it out there. Again, you can actually take this, look at it on an Oculus and you literally feel like you are right there with the firefighter. You're sitting in you know, in the excavator and digging. And so it's it just, again, you know, these are opportunities for kids to be like, oh, well, what is it like to be a firefighter? And then we're, you know, we've got all kinds of plans, you know, where you can actually have an interactive conversation with the virtual firefighter. I mean, these are all real things that we're capable of now. And so I, you know, just shout out to Emil who's putting all this together and, and Katie Wiggs who, you know, again, it's for the kids, right? We're trying to get them experiences, you know, you got COVID, you can't bring them on site and insurance and yada, yada, but we still got to teach these kids to think and to have visions and dreams. And, you know, yeah. if they can see it and feel it through, you know, an experience like this, then they're more apt to really understand it as they grow and start to decide their careers. Yeah, so I think the, 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 oh, go ahead. Nope, after you. Uh, so I think the lean community is largely not exempt from that, where we have a lot of good theory out there and the amount of like content that's actually, here's how you actually do it. Here's what it physically, like the reality of exactly what it is, is like not conveyed, not really sold, not the focus of like any content I see out in the world. So it's got a special place in my heart. I love that. And you're so right. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, read about what a firefighter does, but it's a whole nother to be in that scene. And then he gets a phone call and you're in the truck with him and then you're fighting the fire. Like that's like, oh boy, an action movie a little, you know? All right. So two burning questions, not related to the color of your shirt at all, but uh, Gamecocks or Tigers? Oh, baby. Tigers all day long. Fair enough. Even though I went to USF, uh, but Clemson Tigers all day long. Oh, that's all right. I lived in the low country for a couple of years, ran a foreign trade zone down there. Um, okay. the port. Yeah. Um, so second of all, what uh, tigers or gamecocks the... then? It's gotta be tigers. Nice. My man. I, it just, it has to be tigers. Sorry. I think, Jake, I think Jake's upset that we didn't pick the gamecocks. Yeah. Jake's all about those gamecocks. Uh, yeah. Second... Go sports. <laughs> you know exactly what we're talking about. What, uh, mm. what stick have you got there, Adam? 
That's a Gurkha 15-year special. I thought you might pull it out. I've got a couple vices on the desk. I wasn't sure what you were going to go to, John. So he All said, of them. Know, I'm going to just All be a them. mirror. Hey, amen, brother. <laughs> I got the uh, Perdomo. This is the uh, 20th anniversary uh, nice. Sun Grown. So, Very nice. Jake just yeah. went to get his Philly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're talking about beating uh, building team capability. And, you know, we touched on the importance of like how to think and education and all that. Um, there's two ditches, right, on either side of the road. And one of them gets highlighted and I think appropriately chastised and made fun of and everything else all over the internet, which is basically destroying team capability through a top-down command and control punitive management structure, right? So we all know the good boss, bad boss memes and all of that stuff, you know, and, and most of it is pretty simplistic, but makes an emotional point, right? Um, tell me about the ditch on the other side of the road. Well, I guess if, if uh, so... What it sounds like to me, the ditch on the other side of the road is like, I don't know, like whatever you want to do. I don't care. Like just, I don't know, like whatever. It's like kind of like, hey, the 1970s empowerment, like just go ahead and do it, man. Like, I don't Yeah, care. man. Hey, whatever totally. you want. We're You're all saying it. it's it's a hippie management style. Is that your assessment? Yes. That is a yes. great way to describe yeah. it. So well, over here you have like the PTSD Vietnam general management style and over here you have the hippie right those are the two ditches on either side of the road so it's either yeah. push-ups or weed like those are your two choices <laughs> ak ak-47s or weed maybe yeah yeah, yeah. I'm with you. yeah exactly that. um so i think this is an important point when we're talking about beating building team capability and then i'd like to go into the perspective that enables this but on the one hand, you can destroy team capability by being an asshole, simply put. And on the other side, you can destroy it by being permissive, right? There has to be accountability. Like you can't be good at anything without accountability. And that's a critical part of building individual and team capability, right? The New England Patriots didn't succeed because they all came to practice and were like, ah, we get to play a game today. Yay. You know? Uh, have you watched the man in the arena? Not night, Jake. This is going to be a grown-up conversation, Jake. All right, all right, all right. All right. Have you all seen? Right. Nice. All right, there we Here go. We go. Here we go. Have Make you seen man in the arena, John? I have not seen man in the arena. Worth the investment, I'll tell you. That dives into Tom Brady's career and the Patriots, and, and it speaks to exactly what you're talking about. I mean, you know, it, they've they won one at one point like 22, 23 games in a row, and they would talk about, oh man, what. Um, the edge like i got the edge on you today and, and it, it, there was there was something else that bill oh man what was his name uh they used to go in basically and uh part not parcells belichick would really hold him accountable like it, you knew you were going to be on the fire on monday even if you had a game where you scored five touchdowns 400 like you were going to be held accountable for the two or three things that you did wrong in that game and uh, well, I think it's important, you know, I, and uh, I was raised by a guy like that, right? Like where it's like, man, you're going to freaking do everything and you're going to be on point and period. And, but and I'm going to catch that one or two or three little things that you didn't do. And we're going to nail you and you're going to get better out of this because you can always be better. And so um, 
you know, it is, it's this navigation of like, look, Hey, we've got to understand when we can be that on that hippie side, but not in the ditch, obviously, but we also need to know when we need to take control and steer this thing. And unfortunately, you know, we were talking earlier, like, Hey, I think a lot of people have kind of veered to the hippie side and they're like a little scared to be like, Hey, I'm in control and I'm steering the ship and we're about to make this thing happen. And I'm establishing these ditches and we're going to operate within these ditches and I'm going to pull you with me and I'm going to let you, maybe I might empower you until you start to get into that ditch. And then I'm going to come all the way to my ditch and I'm going to say, look, it's time to like tighten up because this ain't working. And so yeah. if it's not working. We're not making money. We can't progress a schedule, you know, quality suffers, safety suffers, somebody dies, mental health, et cetera. So um, I, I think it's important to know about the two ditches and be able to kind of operate in between those as we drive progress or operational excellence, as y'all referred to. For the audience that's audio only, I poured a glass of Crown so I could suffer through Denzel screaming at the football players in the ring, which is like the last 10 minutes of y'all's conversation. But, are, you, are you in the ditch over here in the hippie ditch? I think but Jake's to in your the point. Ditch. To your point about the ditches and the paradigm, I really love the interaction uh, yourself and I had on LinkedIn where I posted about the transition coach or whoever being accountable for what the outcomes were. And I, and I saw somebody, they posted about etiquette, I think it was, and they said, I do the training, you sign off on the training, I leave and it goes to crap. I don't want to be left holding the bag. And so I commented, I want to hold that bag. And you were the first one to like, like it and interact with that. Yeah. Yeah. It. Account personal accountability. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, you know, you can't buy that um, unless you hire Zoom operational excellence and we will hold the bag for you. You can buy that. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey. OK, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not trying to pretend that the rest of the world's experience is the same as mine. Right. But when we talk about building team capability in the ditches on either side of the road, um, I personally experienced like two levels of growth that allowed me to become good at leading teams and coaching people, right? According to them, not according to me. Um, the first was decoupling performance from person. Okay. This one is hard to do. If you haven't like achieved this level of self-awareness, and emotional intelligence as an individual, there's not much I can do to change that. And there's habits that go along with it, right? So I can love Adam and I can love Jake and want the absolute best for you and still tell you, hey, you just sucked out there. That was bad. Right? That's radical can, candor. Yeah, but I can only do that if I've separated the person from the performance. Jake can be awesome and have shitty performance. Adam can be awesome and have shitty performance. But as soon as I conflate Adam with his outcomes, I can't lead effectively. Because I don't, I lose the ability to tear down bad behaviors without tearing down the person and treating the person as if they're bad. So that was the My ex-wife would agree that, with you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so for me, from in my personal development, that was the first like horizon was this person is not bad. They're not malicious. They're not crappy. They're actually a good person. They just had bad outcomes. And we can attack that without attacking the individual. You gotta separate them, right? And then 
The second is uh, kind of related. Um, so let me think through how I want to word that. Why don't you guys talk about something else while I collect my thoughts so that I'm not you know, redundant with this. So John Thacker, not a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, definitely not a hairdresser, but uh, <laughs> some, some, some good words there. Here's what um, I, have y'all read the book Radical Candor? Are you familiar with Kim Scott's work? I'm familiar yeah. with the work. Yeah. I've not read the book. I mean, the book, in a nutshell, it's, hey, I'm going to care personally, but I'm also going to challenge you directly, right? Like, I'm, I, I care about the outcomes, and, and I'm going to bring, you know, the things that I think can make you better right to you so that we can work on that. And uh, I, I think that's so important as, you know, we like Ray Dalios has uh, what he calls player cards for uh, Bridgewater and Associates. And what that is, is basically, hey, people get to provide real-time feedback on you after every encounter. And so, and then now that populates into, hey, this is what these people are great at so that we can get them in the right seats on the bus. And so, um, you know, feedback is really what drives uh, systems forward. It's either, hey, if, you, if you're going to have a virtuous system that's going to live on forever in perfect order, then you've got the right feedback that's delivering back to that system, or you're going to have a vicious system where maybe your feedback's inaccurate, or it's not taken in time, and it's like this out of control loop. And so, um, again, kind of just went to left field there on you a little bit, but it, it all makes sense when, hey, we're giving feedback with good intentions. And, and Jake, again, to your book, which is, again, I'll say it on record, like one of my favorite books of all time, and I, I am a huge reader, um, you know, Chasing Excellence, right? It's right there. And here, I was looking for it earlier because I wanted to put it on display and shame on you for only having a white bind on it because I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. It took me 15 minutes. There's not anything written on the side of your book, Jake. Come on. Well, that, that is actually intentional. Just so well, we can go through edition. it together. And and just so we can go brother? through it together. It is intentional. And it is because similar to the vein of, if you've ever heard, read of, or thought about who moved my cheese, one of the book to be small and concise enough that you can absorb it, apply it, actually do it. Here's how to actually do it, blah, 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 blah. And because of that, it's not thick enough to meet the minimum requirements for binding on the side. And I intend to leave it that way. I'm not going to put in like, here's a bio about Jason freaking life just to get something on the side. You just, yeah. you could just put in like the A section of the encyclopedia in the back. Yeah. And then like at the end, be like, I just wanted to put something on the recording. Game Cox. You just wanted to say Cox. I did. They could have so, been game butts and I would have still gone after it. Yeah. So I shared a, a developmental horizon for myself, right, in my career. Um, the second one really can kind of be encapsulated with servant leadership, but I want to expand on that because, like, it's jargon. But coming to the place where I didn't think less of myself. I thought about myself less. Where my mission became, I want everybody in my sphere of influence to be the best version of themselves possible. And when that happened, it did something that I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Right? Since then, I've been able to learn. Right, What I was doing was creating trust. And when you have a team that trusts you as a leader, that knows, you know what, John actually likes me, 
or maybe John doesn't like me, but he loves me. He cares about me, right? We're never going to have a beer together, but he wants me to win, right? In that environment, I can provide that feedback. I can provide harsh feedback. You ever seen Coach K? He's on the sidelines screaming at his guys. Like he is right up in their grill and there's like a spit landing on them. And he's like, you know, and then they come back later and they're like, man, I love that guy. I die for that guy. But that's because of the context. He can communicate so much more clearly and effectively. Is that, why, really, is, is that why Adam told me to shut the fuck up right before we clicked record? <laughs> Jake, would you shut the fuck up, Jake? <laughs> uh, so um, I read a, a really good book. It's not that old. Um, I hope you don't get me canceled, Jake. <laughs> the, the Culture Code by Daniel oh, yeah. Coyle. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it's a great book, but one of the things he mentions in there is like, you know, highly successful teams and cultures aren't nice. It's like you you don't you can't describe them as nice. It's like they're much deeper than nice. Nice is like shallow, right? And in fact, because of the trust that's in these teams, they're able to speak much more efficiently with much more candor because they're not worried about safety and belonging. Once you have the safety and belonging piece cover, that gives you the space to be honest, right? So this so, is kind of you telling us, hey, this is one of your your star powers. Like this is your, one of your impacts that you're able to make is to build trust among teams. Am, am I hearing that right? Well, I mean, I, I don't want it to come out that way. Um, I'm just talking about like the realization that I came to about myself right, as I grew as a person. Uh, and those were two horizons that were holding me back from being- So excited. how did I say it any different than what you said? Because I think that's important for you to own that impact is, and I'm starting to think that Miss Jen Lacey put you guys up to something because FYI, I hate the word culture. And so I feel like there's something brewing here that Jay kind of did some research. Culture is like, and, and believe it or not, the Lean Construction blog reached out to myself, uh, Jen Lacey and Jesse Hernandez to write a blog on culture. And so I've been blogging on it and I still hate the word culture. It makes me like, like want to just like throw up like the vomit. Like, oh my God. Um, and <clears throat> you talk about trust and that's a really hard thing to talk about. And, and so here's how our culture blog starts. And I'm kind of I'm probably going to blow it and they're probably going to kill me. Uh, they just released it a couple of weeks ago, but it starts with love, care, compassion, and people. Those are four words you rarely hear about in a construction blog. Like, yeah. And you've used every one of those words. You even said, love you, Jake. You know, I care about you, Jake. And I'm going to give you this feedback, right? Because when I, it's that's compassion for people and you care about their growth as an individual. And so, um, again, I, you know, I hate the word lean. I hate the word culture. Like vocabulary is important to me because you can understand where people are coming from and their intentions with the words they use and, and the actions they take. But, um, you know, culture is hard to see that scoreboard real life. So again, kind of, you know, back to, to you, John, the like owning that impact, man. If those are two things that you've recognized, like say it that way. Like, fuck, man, who like you own that shit. Like you, if you can build trust among teams, and Patrick Lencioni taught us that's like that's the foundation. Once you build that trust, then you have that healthy conflict. 
to make commitments to each other, then you hold each other accountable for results. And that's it right there from a team capability perspective. You nailed it. I got a really cool story uh, Bring it, about that. Uh, last Thursday, we had a um, team meeting for the whole factory at a sports bar uh, in town called the Green Turtle. And it's, it's kind of like... <laughs> Well, it's a sports bar, so you can stay, you can stay in the conversation. Um, but anyway, we set a production record for the day, mm -hmm. you know, for a single day record in the week. And um, so I said, all right, you know, we're going to, we're going to the Green Turtle. Um, yeah, it's like a B-dubs. It's not super fancy, but uh, it's on the company card, right? We had 100% participation. 100%. Every single employee of the factory every single one came including the driver who just got off 12 hours on the road and mario who works two jobs starts his night job at 10 p.m gets off at 6 30 a.m drives straight to the factory and works till 3 30 p.m he went home at 3 30 went to sleep came back at 8 30 to have a beer with us Oh man, my How buddy Jason. Freaking awesome is that, dude? My so Jason Schroeder says you got to make it as addictive as Facebook, as informative as YouTube, and as easy to access as Wikipedia. And you made it as addictive as Facebook. If everybody wants to be there, hell yeah, that's you won, man. You won at that point. That trust level is deep, and people can start having real conversations at that point. Yeah, and, and the hard we're having real conversations over beer. Right. It's hard to it's hard to be fake after a couple beers. Right. And so we're we're having crab dip because it's Maryland, you know, and uh, Natty Bow because it's Maryland. And uh, and the driver stands up and he's like, hey, guys, I got something for all of you. I was at so and so a customer I'm not going to name. And so and so said that since you guys started producing their product, it's the best they've ever seen. Keep up the good work. Right. And he got to share that like with the whole team. Nobody told him to do that, right? Um, but that's the like synergistic culture. That's what comes out when you actually care about people. When you actually care about people and you're dedicated to, hey, you're going to be the best version of yourself. We're a team, right? Well, I'll tell you, let me run you through an instance in the construction world that, that happens almost on a daily basis, right? A superintendent will go and walk a project site and you see like there's trash everywhere. If you've ever seen a construction site, there's water bottles or dip spit or cardboard or plastic. And the, the superintendent will walk the damn job and they're like, pick up that, pick up that, pick up that. Versus the superintendents that I've worked with and, and have like brought me up, yeah, they got trash bags and they're like, jacket pockets in their vest pockets and they're walking through like hey give me that bottle give me that bottle and when people start seeing leadership take that ownership level that is like i you know if you're gonna throw this stuff here i'm gonna find out who's doing it and get rid of that bad apple but i'm also gonna take accountability for my stuff and i'm gonna pick it up and clean it up and and so that's like um, you know, you want to build trust, especially from a construction standpoint, go out there and work in the front lines, go put them bolts in those holes, go do some of that work and go understand not just from observation, but actual physical activity. And then you really, really get a feel for what that feels like. And, and that respect level goes both ways. You respect the worker, worker respects you as well. 
Well, for people that are more engineering minded and understand math, it, it can be hard at times to come to terms with humans, specifically a group of humans. They're the only system like observed to be capable of being greater than the sum of their parts. So people like to work with the rest of their life as a mathematical function of how I get X by Z. But humans, there's this other factor to bring into and in that if I'm more human and engaged, I can make this a seductive experience to get all the outcomes I want and then a little special something extra. It's all about the environment, right, Jake? Like, yeah. hey, are we being, are you not entertained? Like that's like, it's, and it's not difficult. Create a little competition. You can create competition out of anything. I wonder if like somebody wrote about that at some point. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wonder if they did. Might, might be a section you, in there on that. You see, I just want to publicly recognize my grumpy bear over here. That's, uh, uh, again, that's Jen Lacey. So I thought that's where we were going. We were getting ready to go from Jake's book to Jen Lacey's bear to the EBFC show uh, signed water bottle, the one of one collection, non-NFT. Uh, uh, we'll cut that segment from the recording because we don't want to advertise other people's stuff on our show. This is our you. experience yeah, and you, you need to focus on me. How dare you? That's what it's all about, baby. No, no Felipe, focus on uh, Well, okay. So when we're recording this, we have recorded with Felipe. He has not aired yet, but he's coming oh. out. It was an awesome combo. We, we got to have him back. Well, I love I mean, what you I love what Jake's doing with Felipe because, you know, Felipe is a, he's a, like, uh, I mean, he believes this shit really, really deep in his heart and, and, and he goes to bat for it. And Jake, you're kind of like a little, uh, like I've, I've, I've learned you. Yeah. So I just, I throw like fire emojis on your stuff now. Like let that motherfucker burn baby. And like, and, and to see you and Felipe going at it, you know, again, I, I don't know what kind of trust level is built there. I'm sure there's trust there, but to see that healthy conflict, I think is so, so good for what we're pushing from a lean perspective, because, you know, again, my biggest resistors are now my biggest fans and my biggest, like my best friend in the world, Mike Jones, when we were 15 years old, we freaking fist fought on the basketball court. Who? Like, talking. Mike Jones, 281 Mike Jones. Hit Mike Jones uh, up on a low because Mike Jones. Up. Yeah, man, uh, he's passed away now. Uh, all love to Mike Jones. Uh, awesome, amazing dude. But um, he, he just, again, my biggest resistors have been my biggest fans because, hey, if you have a different opinion than me, bring it, baby. I want to learn where you're coming from so I can prove that you're wrong or I'm wrong and let's <laughs> learn and move forward, right? I, I've got to share a John Thacker Supreme story because this uh, biggest resistors come in your biggest fans kind of hits close. And I shared this story before, but I just love it so much. We recently, some point in our lives, worked at the same company in some same similar capacity, right? He was senior to me in a distribution manufacturing center. I had just started and I got a message from him at like nine, 10 o'clock at night. Mind you, I work overnight. And he goes, do you want me to show up and show you how to do your job? Literally like that. I was like, you son of a bitch, we're about to fight. Let this big nose, <laughs> big butted mother mm, come in here and we're gonna do it. But then I thought a little bit about, he speaks a lot about charity. And what he really means when he's talking about being charitable is taking people's words in the best possible way. So instead of reacting, I was like, I'm gonna take him up on his, what I thought at the time was shit baggery. And I'm like, you know what? What if he just literally wants to show up and show me how to win at this, right? So I'm like, yeah, come on. 
do it, whatever. And he's like, I'm going to hit the gym. I'll be there at this time. And he showed up and it was completely the most charitable, like ex exhaustive experience. Like, here's what I think about winning. What are your thoughts about this? And we played it. I hate to say it. We wrote it on a whiteboard like a damn football play. And uh, <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah, we did. And after we went all the way through it, we just both agreed, immediately aligned, came to that as the value proposition. And it was a beautiful experience. Like, well, okay, I'm a fan now. You have a lifelong fan. That's that's the same approach. I, like I I love that example, man. I, I there's some instigators on LinkedIn, like a Davy Thompson. I don't know if y'all are familiar with his bullshito approach. Like man, me and oh, him. I have negative opinions on bullshito, and when I called him out on it, he called me on a video call and said, "You know what? You're right." When I Good. say bullshito, it's taken as, and I thought for a guy to call me from England, old man, you know, hit every and, stereotype possible and go, "Yeah, you're right." He called oh. me Bullshito and we went back and forth for two or three messages. And I was like, stop being a troll. Like, call me. Let's go. And he did. And we're like, man, I'm like the best of friends with that dude now. And then here's another. Here's something really crazy for you, because uh, there's a guy named Sharuk who goes around doing the same thing. Like, <laughs> we know. We know exactly no, who he is. No, don't, we know. don't bring we that know who he is. Up. I'm bringing that guy up. And you this know what I'm bringing his buddy Posada because I have invested probably, I don't know, six, five, four, six hours, somewhere in there of time talking, like letting them sell me on this HMLV and this scheduling. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's something there. I can't quite pin my finger on it. He's offered to help me with a mill workshop or a, a, a manufacturing location, you know, because everything construction is manufactured at one point or another. And so I'm taking him up on it and I'm learning about his, uh, you know, this scheduling, they call it finite capacity resource scheduling, you know, there's CPM scheduling, construction's talking about tax planning and scheduling and construct, like, so we're, I'm trying to find what is that best way of doing things? Because I, quite honestly, I know that, you know, there, there's a science behind what I do and I want to find that perfect way, at least in my lifetime and give somebody something to build on in the future. So yeah, I'm like, bring it Sharuk, bring it Prasad. I want to learn with y'all. And it sounds like y'all have had some battles as well. But again, those are the type of things when, hey, I start feeling uncomfortable. This dude's calling me out like, okay, he's got to have something. And if he doesn't, let's meet once and I'll determine that. So anyway, like bring it on. Like, and that's what we're trying to do with that, the, the Lean Builder podcast, right? Like so many construction workers are like, it's a fucking lean shit again. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, lean, last planner. Oh yeah, we're pool planning. Like that's, when you say lean in construction, people think pool planning. And that's not it, which is basically value stream mapping. Of it's immediately project. equated with a tool and a, and a basic process. Immediately. Yeah. And it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, anyway, bring it like if, if you don't, you know, if you don't believe if you don't think there's something there like, hey, let's go to the line, right? And let's call the play, call the audible, see what you're going to do, see what I'll do. And we're going to just advance the ball. We'll see on our next episode, we're having Felipe on to uh, read the audio book of the dictionary. And I would still listen to that whole show. So building team capability, we talked about the ditch on either side of the road. And then we talked about the reasons the ditches exist, right? And one of them has to do with like emotional intelligence horizon and where the leader is in their development. And then the other really obvious, you know, challenge is of course the systems in place that the company has in place and everything is the result of systems, right? Um, so when you talk about building team capability, 
do you have an example of a time when you were hindered from building your team's capability precisely because of the way the company ran their business? Uh, yeah, I have a ton of examples of that. Um, I'll the first time I implemented the last planner system was awful. Right? I was working for a hundred year old organization and I was told, look, do you, are you guys familiar with last planner system or pool planning and yeah. construction? Yeah, yeah, we're generally familiar. I do like that the hundred year old company was probably around when the first planner was created. <laughs> <laughs> When they I'll were chiseling it into stone. <laughs> they're a fantastic company and they're, you know, number four or five on ENR's top 400 and they got things. My dad still works for them. They're, I mean, they're, so I've got a vested interest. You know, I still got a pension plan with them. Don't uh, worry. Lawyers don't listen to our show. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I got a lot of love for the company, but, but point being like, Hey, they said, Hey, you're going to go and you're going to implement the last planner system and you're going to do lean on this job. And I'm like, Oh, sweet, man. I just got done with my kidney transplant. I'm talking about lean like value. And I understand what's going on. I'm like, yeah, I'm empowered. And I'm like authority. And so I go out there with a bunch of old construction workers and I'm like, I need you to put this on that post-it and it's that post-it's not done right. It's not done with like duration and manpower and activity and what you need before and after and, and we got to put them in order and, and you can't have that long blah, and, and like just barking orders and man such the wrong approach and it failed miserably because the the trades knew what they were doing and so I'll never forget there was a one day it was cold as crap and we we're out there in like December and we're pool planning and I get so fed up and I pull the old school superintendent I take my hard hat off and I toss that thing across the room and I'm like this is bullshit guys like you're saying it's his problem like the plumber was saying it was the framers problem the framer was saying it was the plumber's problem on level five building d and i was like fuck these post-it notes like let's go to the field let's figure out who is like who's the problem here and we get up there and on this side of the floor it was the framer that hadn't framed the wall that the plumbing had to go in and on this side of the floor the plumber had the shower in such a way that he couldn't frame the wall. And so it was like, yeah, they were both waiting on each other. But until we went to the Gemba, as we said earlier, right, the place where values created and realized that, hey, yeah, it was like uh, this situation, but it was just on different ends of the floor. That, that was the point of failure for me. And so as we build capabilities, it's like, okay, well, maybe we don't need a full floor. Maybe we divide that floor in half, or maybe we do today's meeting here in the trailer and look at the post-it notes and then tomorrow's meeting in the field and look at the work, right? Because those things are supposed to correlate or maybe we take the damn post-it notes into the field on the floor. Like that's, if you go walk a construction site, there are zero visual management in a construction site. Like why are we in a trailer putting together? Like, why don't we just take the damn board out into the field? Like where we're putting in drywall and hanging all kinds of stuff out there. It, like I'm talking zero, like go walk any construction site. There is no visual management whatsoever. It's the absolute craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so when we can establish that flow and then visualize it and learn on a daily basis, we win, we develop team capabilities. Yeah, Jake, isn't it terrible when people try to run an operation from inside a trailer? <sighs> <laughs> sorry that was an inside joke adam yeah. if it's any consolation i did the exact same thing except mine was my story is worse because i had a sensei i had a teacher and they let me do it and then afterwards they were like it's the only way to learn you gotta fuck up the first one i'm like well thanks you know <laughs> 
but interesting approach yeah, though like he wasn't wrong you know like i learned so much from falling on my face right there that i wouldn't have if he had you know told me what to do and you got me wondering if i'm misguiding some people for not letting them fail enough you know um yeah if it's not critical it's to tough. the business like no one's gonna lose a finger like let them fail and then steer it, them on what they tough. can do better next time. There's just yeah. so much to fail on in our industry. I mean, um, and and when you start talking about mental health and things like that, that's real in construction, man. And, you know, yeah. suicide's a very, very rough issue in our business. And so how much do you really let them fail? And, and you know, I guess it really weighs on your emotional intelligence. Like how well can you read that situation? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was in, uh, I, I mean, I can't really say construction. Uh, I used to set and rec forms for a, like uh what do you have like gc sub sub so like the sub 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 concrete you're a sub um, a trade partner of a concrete yeah contractor uh, yeah oh like it was awesome forms and pouring concrete and then wrecking them i wouldn't do the pour i'd just sit and wreck oh um, dude that's construction all day long that's that's a skilled trade it's hard to think in the negative abstract to figure out you know how big does my wall have to be did you yeah. tie any rebar or just just yeah. formwork? Yeah, we did. We did rebar and, and uh, uh, what do you call it, grid or whatever. Yeah, um, the wire mesh. Yeah. And then the there was fabric. one product that was like um, steel cables, and like you put them in and tightened them or whatever. Post post tension. Uh, yeah. Po uh, yeah. Post -tension concrete. Oh yeah. But you know the the most challenging was actually float walls. So like, you know, this was down south, and they have a lot of that facing, like the fake brick, and yep. you got to like float styrofoam in there that's the make width of the brick and yeah and make it look good baby it's a little bit yeah. of an architectural touch to it yeah yeah a little bit um but anyway uh so i'm familiar like i've been to job sites i've you know had the experience um you're absolutely right about the trash you know i was um demoing a wall in my factory we we went live june of 21 um so i started setting the factory up last january and um, I'm going through and I'm finding like Diet Mountain Dew bottles that have like chewing tobacco in them. They're like, you know, so old, the label's white, you know, like stuck in the wall. That's just how it is. Like that's the culture. You know? <laughs> Let me tell you about me and Mr. James McCadden at Cl and Sam Mattern as well. We were, we walked through the attics of a building in Clemson picking out piss bottles from the attic <laughs> and i'm talking about we had four foot of space and we're grabbing like trusses and eating up with like insulation and we're just grabbing piss bottle after piss bottle and you know that one didn't have the cap on and you just, like, just keep on going there's four attics and it's 98 degrees like oh my gosh like that was I cannot wait to remind them of that story. That you just brought back something really, really personal to me. I, I, I imagine you were pissed off. Oh man, I was yeah. on and off. You wouldn't even hey uh, hey John, don't roll your eyes. It took me everything after you said you were a sub in the cement industry to go, I was a Dom in the same company. <laughs> <laughs> that was you? I couldn't tell it with the latex. Well, that boss is such a pain. <laughs> I hope I'm not in the middle of this meme game. <laughs> it's okay to be a pain in the ass if you got paid to be a pain in the ass. Um, so 
person versus performance, um, servant leadership, uh, systems, the systems in place, like, do they allow you to win? But if we're talking about building, you know, team capability and having that be like a core part of how we uh, do business, right? Obviously, there's the human element that we've talked a lot about, the emotional intelligence, the psychology, the most important part of Deming's work. Jake, I know you have thoughts. Um, but Jake, bring it home for us, right? When we talk about building team capability, the top things on your mind that you've seen that work and don't work, like things to avoid or things to, to chase after, what uh, what's your experience? You have to set real, real crisp can-do and won't-dos within your within your business this is just pick three things that are just absolutely you have to do three things you absolutely can't do have this conversation and be flexible about everything that's not in those can and can't do's if it's not in those lists you literally do not care about it do not spend time do not spend energy fight yourself to not even bring it up to an individual and the things that do matter you need to hold as personally true as you do any other value you hold in your life as a leader. So you go out there and it matters to you that much and you operate with that level of conviction and decision-making, you'll find it's very easy to come to that line between the, the roads of the hippie management versus the, what did you say, PTSD and Vietnam guy? <laughs> <laughs> who, hey, Jake, who establishes those things for you? Uh, well, usually you would want to make it a, it depends on your environment. So let me back up one second there because if you have a large team, it's a different chore than if you're in a small group, like you have a group of 10, right? Then it's pretty, pretty straightforward. But you want to set them absolutely yourself if you're the leader in charge. And then you want to have an open meeting where they're discussed, dissented upon, and adjusted to meet the needs of the team. So that's, that's essentially what you want to shoot for. Don't be afraid of a little command and control is what I hear you saying. Correct. There is a line that is both ways. I mean, if you're here to transform something, right? That's essentially your job. Well, it's almost predicated that you, you know what you're talking about, right? Or have some more insight than the people who don't, or else you wouldn't be in that role. Yeah, now, it, it's not, it's not to build yourself up as some egoist or like, I am the transformation master, come to my trailer and change. No, that's not the way this bad boy is going to go, but there is a balance. You can't be full hippie, can't be full. I hate saying PTSD guy. What can we call the other end of this? Asshole. <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> well, that's what you know. John yeah, Shook do. said there's three types of leaders, right? He said, and, and that's kind of where I got a little bit of this stuff from. It, it's, you know, the, the dictator mentality approach. And then there's the 1970s empowerment approach. And then there's the right of the middle where, hey, I'm going to meet you where you are. And I know you don't like that, Jake. Sorry, but I am going to meet you where you are. And I'm going to bring you to where I am. Because if I'm not optimizing, not just the whole from a process perspective, but also from like a capability perspective, like what good is it if there's an Elon Musk that's fucking flying to Mars already, but all of us are stuck here on earth. Like, hey, Elon, how do we optimize everybody flying to Mars? And then maybe we can get to Pluto. Like if we would all work together in such a way that we're not just optimizing the whole of a process, but optimizing the whole of society. And um, man, we could cure cancer. We could cure these things. We could really honestly make some serious impact in humanity if we would like without the like world peace and all like we're going to work together. Like, yeah, you see my grumpy bear. I, but we do need to optimize the whole. And how do we do that such that we benefit humanity? And if we can't all make it to Mars, uh, I have a list. 
Um, <laughs> I have some thoughts. Uh, I got a list. Can you guys read that list right there? I hope not. No, no I, I, uh, I, I can't. Um, okay, we have got to wrap it up. Adam, fantastic conversation. Love to have you back on. Um, but it is time to wrap this episode. So how can folks get a hold of you? Oh, man, LinkedIn, uh, constructionachesolutions.com. Uh, holler at Jake, holler at John. Just find me. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, I, you know, I don't shy away from a conversation. I love learning. I love getting better. And if that's what you're about, bring it, especially if you have a different opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Hoots, thank you so much for coming on to everybody out there in YouTube land. Goodbye, everybody. Hey. Hey.